welcome back to the Heartland Leadership Podcast, the podcast all about leadership and the way of Jesus. My name's Clint, and I've got two guests with me today. Can you guys introduce yourselves? My name is Andrew. Hey, Andrew. My name's Dave. I've never heard you introduce yourself as Andrew. I like that. Just that, wanted to see if I could throw you. Is that your given name? That's and- my given name, my legal name. So, but they call you Drew. They do call me Drew. What's your middle name? My middle name is David. Oh, I like that mm. name. That's really good. Thank you. And we're going to continue the tradition of doing a podcast on the upcoming sermon series, which is The Missing Piece. Piece spelled P-E-A-C-E. Wait a minute. What's missing? What do you mean the missing piece? This is a Christmas series? It is indeed. It is in the season of Advent. An Advent series. Oh, Advent series. Yes. Mm -hmm. The missing P-E-A-C-E. That's right. So not like a missing Lego piece, but Mm -hmm. missing piece. Although don't be surprised if you see some artwork with a missing jigsaw piece It may be a little bit of both. It may be a play on words. Ah. When you say it's an Advent series, can I just pause right there? What, What do you mean by that? Right. So... Advent is one of the times each year where Heartland kind of dips into the church calendar. There's this this deal called the church calendar. Maybe one of you can explain it better than me, but Advent's a season in it. And Advent traditionally is the season where we do two things. We uh, remember the anticipation, the preparation uh, that the Jewish people were experiencing for many, many years as they awaited a promised deliverer, a savior who had been foretold. A Messiah. A Messiah, Exactly. But we also, and this is the part that we often forget about Advent, as folks who know the story of the Messiah, we also uh, look forward to his return when he will come to fully establish his kingdom. And so that's a little different than Christmas, where we're really specifically celebrating and focusing uh, on the birth of Jesus, that Messiah. Would you say it's safe to say Christmas is part of Advent? Yeah, I mean... Christmas really is the the culmination of what we wait for, we prepare for. Many times in the past, fasting was a part of the church's tradition in Advent, and then you'd feast when Christmas would come, and it would be a 12-day feast. That's where you get a little bit of your 12 days of Christmas thing. So the four Sundays before Christmas is typically when you celebrate each of those Sundays is another Sunday in Advent. And like you said, you're looking forward to the anticipation of celebrating the birth of Christ, but now in our day and age, also the return of Christ. That's right. And then, um, and we here at Heartland, we light an Advent candle on each of those Sundays, which is kind of a cool tradition. And I know people, do you guys do Advent calendars in your house? Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Okay, how, how does that work? What is the Advent calendar? What is that? Well, they're available at Aldi in a variety of different forms. Oh, is that the wine Advent calendar? There are many Advent calendars at Aldi. Which so one do you do? Uh, I like like a gourmet chocolate Advent calendar. Okay. <laughs> what do you do, Clint? Yeah, it's, I think they provide them through the kids' community here. You can oh, get one. And wonderful. I think there's little tokens or... So Andy's like every every week is like every another day. every day. I believe so. And so you open it up. There's a little candy inside, and you're talking about Jesus there's is some coming. Little message. Jesus is yeah. coming. Little message. That's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then on Christmas Eve, we light the Christ candle, which mm-hmm. is a, like the culmination of mm-hmm. celebrating the arrival of the Messiah. Jesus. Jesus is born. It's, yeah. it's an awesome time of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. So that all works with this missing piece. Series. What, what? What's your thought behind this missing piece? Yeah, what's what the you, ambiguity yeah. that you're hoping to? Tease yeah. Out? So I'm trying to tease out basically two things here. So one, um, we we believe that the Bible is a unified story that leads to Jesus. We've ripped that 
directly from a group called Bible Project who do a great job. And so there's this whole story, there's this unfolding narrative that all is pointing to that Messiah. Mm. And so there is a sort of missing piece, I believe P-I-E-C-E, is that correct, mm. Clint? Uh, of the story who were kind of... Clint, Clint has his doctorate that's now, right. so, so he knows how to spell. I just had to run through the I before E, <laughs> except <laughs> after C, but this was before it. This so. was before C. Very right, good. We're good. So there's this missing piece to the story who we're focusing on, but he is also called the Prince of Peace, and he brings peace in a number of ways. It's a very robust um, peace that he brings. And so without Jesus, there is not um, the peace that we enjoy in Jesus, and that's some of what we're going to be digging into. Yeah, I mean, does he bring peace really? I mean, I can hear somebody listening to that going, I live in a world that peace would be the last way I would describe this world, especially these days. What do you mean Jesus brings peace? Yeah, and just to pause it, like we typically go through each of the big ideas of a series, so week one, like personal peace in my life is the focus of, not Clint's, but just anyone who's listening. First week, the big idea is peace is found in a shepherd we can trust. But the concern is, to Dave's point exactly, like I don't always have peace in my life, even though I follow Jesus, what gives? Right. So, I mean, I think we're touching on a related thing, which is that we live in this already not yet tension, that we do have this hope in Jesus, mm-hmm. who is the Prince of Peace, but he has not yet fully established his kingdom with no rival kingdom. Uh, he's not fully crushed evil and, and, and Satan and death with finality to where it has no impact or effect or influence on this world. I think that's fair to say. We How still come? S- Why? How come? Why didn't you just... Why right, away. right away? Why right away? Right away. So we live in, you're saying we live in Satan's domain still. Like Satan's yeah. in charge right yeah. now of he, this he, world. He has been dealt a death blow, but he is still active and moving and seeking to, to destroy and thwart God's purposes here in this world. Yeah, so to Clint's point, why? What gives? Why didn't he just take care of it? Back Sorry. when he was here on Sorry if I've asked Man, you're too. really making me defend this series pretty tough for a, a season we've been celebrating for two millennia now. Um, you no, know, one, one, one thing that comes to mind, and then I'd love to hear what comes to mind for either of you, uh, okay. would be, for example, when we think about Christ's return, I think of the verse, I don't know where it is, but where it says that... Um, you know, he is not slow in coming, as many of you understand, but he is patient, not wanting any to pass away. Um, and so there is this sense where it seems like this life that can be found in Jesus, this peace that will take place in his kingdom, he wants as many as possible to experience it. Right. Uh, so it seems like that would play at least some role in yeah, this. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think that, you know, we we live in a, I, I don't know the timing, I don't there's some argument to know that even Jesus doesn't know when mm-hmm. he's going to return exactly. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know if I agree with that, but uh, if none of us know when Jesus is going to come back and his kingdom will be fully restored and he'll be ruling and reigning, um, I long for that day. Like, mm-hmm. I'm praying for that day. I wish it were today. And at the same time, um, it's it's a little bit of a tension, right? Because I think I want my neighbors to come to know Jesus. Like, I want people to come and, and follow him and experience the hope that he brings. Mm-hmm. And I don't want anybody excluded from his kingdom. And that that really is my desire. And in the end, I hope that everyone is is in the kingdom of God. And I think that's God's desire as well, right? And I think that tension you just described, Dave, is kind of the tension of Advent. There are a that's number right. of songs that are less popular of our great Christmas carols, but they're actually Advent songs. And so there's one that I think of that goes, we will wait, you know, trusting mm-hmm. that in your timing, God, and even still, come, Lord, come. 
And it's sort of this simultaneous thing of we want to make the best of this time we have. We want to invite our neighbors, our friends, our family who do not yet know Jesus to experience him, to join his kingdom. And we long for him to return. And we're we're part of a long tradition, thousands of years, you know, because even Paul and the apostles, they thought Jesus was going to come back right away. Yeah. I mean, like, when are you coming back? Lord's going to be a couple days from now or whatever, right? And here we are thousands of years later, and we're still saying that. And the cynic might say, oh, come on, are you kidding me? These Christians, they're still waiting for Jesus to come back. And, and yet that is, like you were saying, it's at the core of this idea of Advent, this anticipation. And quite frankly, I want to I want to help make this world a better place where Jesus is ready to return to and restore his kingdom. And one last thing I love about Advent, and and like I said, it's part of this thing called the church calendar that many churches follow throughout the world all year, and there's different seasons like Epiphany and Lent and Pentecost, and this is one that we participate in and remember pretty explicitly at Heartland. And I think it's really good because it's this reminder that it's not just us. It's our brothers and sisters all over the world who many are taking the very same weeks to think through, God, help us as we wait, as we patiently await. And we do so much want you to return because we want to see you face to face. We want to enjoy life in your kingdom. There's something cool that I always think about, like to your point, Drew, even on Christmas Eve, which is one of my favorite weeks of Advent, if not the favorite, right? Mm -hmm. But um about i'm not only holding this candle and reading this story but like my brothers and sisters in like you're saying in africa Mm -hmm. and in russia and china like they're all celebrating this and they have for thousands of years Mm -hmm. i'm part of something a community much bigger than just here at heartland and medina this might be too much of a rabbit trail and we can cut it but i'm kind of curious do you guys know if there's like a an adventy kind of feeling in judaism because according to them Messiah, they're still waiting on hmm. Messiah. They have been the that, whole time. That's right. I'm going to hit on that, actually, in oh, one, are you? one parts of the series. Not not the whole uh, Advent thing for, for Judaism, but yes, they really are still waiting. Yeah. They would say, yeah, Jesus. Their whole calendar here is a little bit of it, Advent. Yeah, exactly. I'm not too familiar with that That's calendar. not my expertise either. Right? No. You okay. just got your doctorate, so maybe you'd be able okay. to tell us about yeah. it, Clint. It's just in one area, so. Okay. Uh, week two political peace. Peace is found in the king who reigns forever. Yes. Presumably not in other figures. Right. I can't wait for this week. Um, One of the things I always talk about here at Heartland is we don't talk about politics. Um, Frankly, because they don't really matter all that much. (laughs) This is funny to me. But like when I was growing up, Nobody gave a hoot about politics. Like, you, I shouldn't say nobody, but, like, I didn't, my friends, and we didn't talk about it. We didn't have a bunch of anxiety over who was running for president or who the mayor was, you know. But nowadays, it's become, like, this religion almost, you know. And the last thing you think about is peace when it comes to politics. And yet, this is what Jesus came to do, is he came as a wonderful counselor. He came as the prince of peace. He came to restore um, what what the Jews at the time thought was a different type of political piece than mm-hmm. what he actually came to restore. Mm-hmm. But I can't wait because we are we are going to talk politics oh. on this particular week just okay. a little bit. Yeah, very good. Anything to add or no? I, I'm excited too. I think the only thought that comes to mind is um, you know we don't most of us think of if we believe in Jesus, if we've placed our trust in him, we've given him our allegiance, we think of that more as like a religious decision than a political decision. But there is there is this reality where he is our king. Mm-hmm. And there are many places where king is a political 
title. Mm -hmm. And and so there is this element that I think we shouldn't shy away from that there is a there is a politic of Jesus. There is some shape. There are some values. There are some things he stands for. And thankfully, they are good, and they are going to be the marks of the kingdom that lasts Which is forever. exactly why, right, which is exactly why I don't really care about talking about right. local politics or who leads our country. I mean, I think we should vote. I think we should participate in the political process. And you, and you wouldn't that. say to someone, tying it into the previous uh, series on scent, like, what if someone genuinely is like, I feel led to like be a part of politics and run yeah, for great. a Senate seat, and Do I want to bring Absolutely. the Jesus politic... Yeah, I don't absolutely. know if that's right. Do it. Go do it. Okay. Yeah. Represent, be sent to that particular Like arena. it does, you do think it matters yeah, a I, little bit. I'm no, but well, no, but maybe it doesn't matter, like in this context, maybe it doesn't have a place. I think what but. I'm saying is it doesn't matter as much because in the end, we're in the kingdom of Jesus. This is the kingdom that's going to replace all these other temporary that's kingdoms. Right. Like we know that Jesus will have no rival. Right. And I think we've elevated those other little human kingdoms above the most important kingdom, right? If we would place more emphasis on the kingdom of God, these other kingdoms wouldn't take such a big place in our lives, wouldn't become idols in our life. And, and honestly, one other thought there is not that we shouldn't work towards peace, and this could be like 17 podcast episodes, but there's this idea that like, well, if we just keep progressing, there'll be peace in this world. And and I think there's a real sense here that some of some of that longing that Christians and non-Christians have for more peace in the mm -hmm. world, it's just not going to be found except in the peace that Jesus brings, because mm. he deals with some things, which we'll get to in this series, that right. no other politic or no other figure can. And some of the concerns you might have about achieving political peace ties into this third week, which is titled Just Peace. Peace is found in the spirit-led son of David. Wow. What do you have in mind there, Drew? So that passage is, uh, it's, it's, it's drawing from, and actually all of the passages in this series are looking at, you know, these prophecies that concern the Messiah. So some of these passages are being written hundreds of years. Um, they're all being written hundreds of years before we actually see the Messiah come on the scene. But in that passage, we see, uh, one, that this Messiah will come from the line of David. We see that the Spirit of God will be upon him, uh, the, very, the very Holy Spirit. And, and we see also this deep concern for justice, that justice will be upheld. And so certainly that's related to some of the other types of peace we're talking about here. But we want to view, in I think a robust way, what is the peace that Jesus, the Messiah, is bringing? And one component of that peace is is justice will be served. Mm. Um, and I'd love for someone else to talk about that if they would like to. It's a it's a difficult passage, you know, um, especially for December nineteenth or whatever. But uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yeah, but it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun to delve into. There are some who the issues of social justice really drive them crazy. And I've actually had calls here that say, you know, if you're dealing with that as a church, then we don't we don't want to be a part of your church. It's mm -hmm. like, okay, there's lots of good Now, why churches. did you make that connection? Like, we, Drew had just so far said justice. Why social justice? Well, I guess... Is that what just I'm, what justice means? Uh, what I'm referring to is like, uh, let me give you an example. So this week, um, our administrative assistant up front told me that we've received five calls from women, different women who are in domestic violence situations in our area. Mm. To me, that's an area of social justice that we should do something about as a church. How, how, do we, 
how do we respond to that? What does the gospel tell us to do? How do we help them in a way that's lasting and makes a difference? So that's what I'm referring to when gotcha, I'm talking gotcha. about that. Okay. Yeah. Is there, as opposed to another kind of, what would be like a not social justice? Regular? Well, I don't know, Drew. You it was your series, like the cr- like the criminal uh, getting yeah, what they deserve. Right. Like I'm thinking of the judge with the gavel. Legal justice. Legal justice. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of the verses I was thinking about here are like this, uh, talking about this this offspring of the line of David. Um, he will not judge by what he sees with his eyes or decide by what he hears with his ears, but with righteousness, which is a really important biblical world word that's tied up with justice. He will judge the needy. With justice, he will give decisions for the poor of the earth. And so there's just some of these notes, and there, there's more there than that, but there's some of these notes here. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that squares very well with what we do end up seeing in Jesus, for example, in a Luke 4, where he talks about who he's bringing good news for. Um, and it being the poor, the needy, the oppressed, some who are suffering because of injustice. Mm-hmm. That's some of what I was thinking of. What's really interesting to me about this, like you just read from Isaiah, um, do you think Isaiah knew he was writing about Jesus when he wrote that? See, I, I, I certainly don't think he knew he was writing about a boy who would be born to a virgin named Jesus. Right. Like, I think he was talking about somebody, but I don't necessarily think he, he, he would have directly made it to uh, Jesus, this boy who was born in Bethlehem. And that, it's interesting to me because we read, and of course some of the New Testament authors apply That's that right. prophecy to Jesus. We read it with Jesus, but you know, like, a, like you mentioned before, mm-hmm. Clint, um, Jewish people look at us and go, why are you... This, none of this has to do with right. Jesus. Like, why are you guys applying all these Old Testament passages to Jesus? So that's what I mean by it's a little bit of a tricky series, and especially I, if you're newer to Scripture and, and you I'm, don't understand that context. And I'm really glad you touched on that because these specific passages that we are going to be looking at are all passages that the New Testament authors do apply to Jesus. Right. So this wasn't me taking my best stab at, oh, I think this might cryptically apply to Jesus. It was really following the lead of the gospel writers mm-hmm. and of the New Testament saying, as the Spirit moved in them, they seemed to, to feel this, this, it maybe had a short-term fulfillment as well. It maybe concerned something that Isaiah was very aware of, but it also seems to apply to this Messiah who is born. Which is really, it's intriguing to me to mm-hmm. think about that they would apply that, but there were also, I'm assuming, there were detractors who would say, why are they, why are they doing this, even back in the day, right? Because there still are detractors today who mm-hmm. would disagree with that. Including many of the Jews who absolutely rejected Jesus, even right. as Jesus applied some of the Old Testament scriptures to himself and to his ministry. Right, right. Yeah. So yeah, it's it, this is going to be a, a fun and interesting series. Now, and the fourth one on Christmas Eve, uh, peace is found in a man named Jesus. Yeah. Now, that might seem kind of similar to what we've been saying all along, of course, like we're focusing on Jesus here, but... But Christmas Eve... You wanted to highlight the humanity? Yeah. Here? And Well, Christmas Eve is the culmination of all of this, right? And Christmas Eve, it's such a great time to, you know, if you haven't been in church or you've been online, it's great. It's such a great time to be back uh, in a community. You know, we have these traditions that celebrate, even what we mentioned before, the Christ candle or lighting candles mm-hmm. together. Jesus was this man. Why do we Why even light candles? Because he was the light of mm-hmm. the world, mm-hmm. and he shines in a dark place, and he still is that light. And it's 
I still think we live in a pretty dark world at times. And how how great would it be to invite a friend or someone, a neighbor, to join you in church to experience this incredible hope that we have in in Christ? And and you know, Dave, you well, Clint, you mentioned you know this week it's about a man named Jesus. The weeks before, we're talking about a shepherd we can trust, the King who reigns forever, the Spirit led Son of David. And to what you're you just said, Dave, you know, Isaiah doesn't say, hey, and right now I'm talking about a boy named Jesus who will right. be born this many years from today. And so Christmas Eve is we're really celebrating the birth of Christ. We've made it through Advent. We're moving mm. into the celebration, the feast of Christmas. Now it's especially appropriate to explicitly name who that hope is. And and so we'll be going mm. from a, a New Testament passage that day, one where uh, that New Testament gospel author quotes from the Old Testament showing how one of these prophecies applies to the Messiah Jesus. But we want to make Jesus really explicit, really front and center on this day, a day where, honestly, many come to church who don't come very often the rest of the year. And so we want to lead with, I mean, this is where the peace is found. This is where the good news all comes together. It's, It's Jesus. Right. And you might think, I don't know, just as a word of encouragement or a challenge, it can be. I know I can feel like I'm. I'm. I'd be bugging someone to invite them to church, or like putting this undue burden on them. Like, oh, Pastor Clint or whatever the guy is asking me to go to his church service. Okay, but it's really a time of year people are pretty lonely. There's a lot of people out there that don't have. They don't have anywhere to go on Christmas Eve to spend with family, and so if, just think of those people this year and bring them on over. I'd love to have them. I think especially you can even just say this is a part of my family's tradition, and it's a really good time. Um, and I think a lot of people understand that. I think if we want what's best for people, it's not that we're pushing anything on them or, you know, they got to be in church, but I'm thinking of my friends, Don and Lydia, who showed up here a few years ago because they were experiencing some of that loneliness or emptiness, you might say. And now they're involved in a community. They're certain to church and, Oh, I don't think they've been at church in 30 years. Yeah. And for whatever reason, they just decided to come, and they've been coming every Sunday since, and they're serving. And this is really my motivation. Their, their life experience mm-hmm. is flourishing today, and it's not because of Heartland. It's because of Christ. It's because of his spirit mm-hmm. working inside of them. They've both been baptized. If we really love people, if we really mm-hmm. love our family and friends, then we would invite them to be involved in something like this, right? Not just on Christmas Eve, but all throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Very good. Now, well, can we just say something briefly? Sure. The week after, which is like the very next, uh, well, Christmas Eve is on a what? Friday? Friday. Something like yeah. that. Anyway, the next Sunday, very special Sunday, not really involved with this series, yeah. but just tease it out a little. The 26th, it's mm-hmm. going to be an awesome online experience. Yeah, I believe it's December 26th, it I is. believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it's gonna, true. It's going to be awesome. So Online uh, only. Online only. We're not going to gather that week. We want to say to our online crowd, we still have 45% of people that, that connect with us online, mm. and we love them. We think that's important. So that day is specifically geared to them. We hope that they, all of us can gather around in our PJs and uh, worship in our living room. It's going to be cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. Well, thanks for watching another episode of the Heartland Leadership Podcast. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, go ahead and like the video. Leave a comment letting us know what you think, any questions you have. Uh, We're really going to get into it in this series. So thanks for watching, and we'll see you next time.